0: for first the parent and then kind of off the back of that, um, the student. So I'm
1: going to come over to you. Yes, um, some of it's down to confidence. Some of the parents lack confidence in their own abilities. And so first and foremost, we look at what they are able to do. There are some things people are able to do really, really well, and they can really kind of shape... um, their children's learning around that some people are really good at cooking so you can use english even in cooking like what are the ingredients getting the children to write them down using maps how much is needed for weighing and things like that you know just kind of being creative and i always say that you know learning is fun and it's fun to learn So looking at things around the house, things in the garden, things that they're doing on their walks, you know, there's a bird. And, you know, we're looking at different key stages, you know, from the younger years to the older years. Because sometimes people struggle with basic things like spelling or pronunciating things right. These are things that we can focus on. You know, I always also look at encouraging reading for both parents and the children and explaining how their perception on what they've read to get understanding, you know, for their different logical levels so that they can increase. If you do the same thing repetitive over and over, you naturally gain confidence. And sometimes as parents, you know, we may feel that we're lagging behind you know when my son was young he used to ask me things that i didn't know the answer to and i kind of like you be like are you doing this to test me or or, or what <laughs> you know but it's really used to, to, to just changing the dynamics using what you can see feel here around you and and starting learning also about yourselves explain your learning strategies like i was talking to one of my friends today and um she used to use like cue cards and post things around her room so i was to saying to her have you shared that information with your daughter? Because sometimes as parents, we have our own learning styles, our learning strategies that could help other people. Some people are visual. Some people like to listen to certain types of music, even like with the older years, and we're looking at science, periodic tables, and things like that. You've got songs written all around that. You could learn this song and remember and recall information. So it is looking at a different variety of techniques to make it easier with the online platforms but there are people tutors teachers out there just giving information away on on tools and techniques so even david Williams is now doing english you know he has his book he's putting that out there for parents for audio but he's actually now doing a youtube channel Um, I think using all the resources at hand and finding the one that works well, that we feel more comfortable with, is the best place to start than pressurizing yourself and thinking, oh, it's all too much. You see, like with the GCSEs, they do bite-size. This is how I say about learning. Do it bite-size, do small chunks and get used to that and then move to the next level and the next level. Sometimes in schools, there is time pressures. We've got time-turn-time. But where we are now, we've got quite a lot of time on our hands. So you've got the time to actually make sure and ensure that you actually know something before moving on to the next level. But also keep it light-hearted fun. I, I would advise not to be shouting and screaming at the children and things like that. It, it just causes them to retract. But I would say encourage them. If they're really struggling with something, then use something else. I think there's lots of things within the home that we can use as
0: learning tools to help children and young people. Thank you for that, Ruth. Thank you for, for broadening out um, how we can help to educate our children in a simple way. And I think some parents, not all, but, you know, a good majority of parents would, would like some tools or some for instances so they you know just some suggestions so that they can go oh right i can do that or i can do this um because sometimes i know as a parent um and i can relate to exactly what you said in terms of teaching the children and and the children getting older and they're asking you know especially maths because it's not my thing um you know asking me questions and i'd be like um hold on a minute Uh, And maybe having to go on Google (laughs) and asking Google for the answer and the workings out just so that I could understand. Because some of the things that, you know, they learn in school, I don't, and I work in schools. So Mm -hmm. as long as it's not maths, I'm good. If it's arithmetic, that's not so bad. But when you're going into all of those other Uh, stuff (laughs) stuff let me say stuff then no i'll leave out so i understand how some parents are feeling right now some parents are feeling under pressure we know because we know what's going on some parents are losing they've lost their parents they've lost loved ones and yet still they still have to maintain this resolve and still crack on get on and be Teacher, be mum, be everything to their, that young person in this situation so i 'm going to come over to Dr Chesney now in in from that perspective because we know I mean I know I'm, i it, today hasn 't been a particularly great day it's my 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 son who passed away it 's his birthday today, and um there's been a lot of you know lots of things going around around as you can see people are losing people and lots of things going on and so today it hasn't been a happy day, you know, and normally, you know, I'm able to, I'm very inspirational and I can, do, I can do, I can do, I can do, but there are days when it's not, it's not okay. And so taking that into consideration of how parents are feeling and it might be a parent, that a parent who's lost a parent and can't go to the hospital. To, to be with that parent and then you've heard the parents pass away and 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 then you 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 can't even go to the or the children can't go to that funeral. How can we help a parent in that situation? Or they might have lost their job and because they're home, you know, kids they want isolities, they want this, they want that. And you know, you want to be able to provide and maybe financially you're not in that position and so that starts to play on how you're feeling your mental health how you you look at yourself how you think about yourself what can you suggest to somebody who finds themselves in that kind of category and we've missed i'm just going to say we've missed two commercial breaks I don't know where, I don't know where, um, um, oh, she's back, but we have used two commercial breaks, but we're going to keep on going. My apologies for those of you who are listening on the www. They won't hear me now because it's an ad break right now. So we're going to carry on for those who are on Facebook. We're going to carry on with the conversation. I'm going to hand over to, to Dr. Chesney and, and see uh, what what advice you've got for those who may be experiencing a loss or loss of job or you know family member? Uh,
2: hold, on, hold on, there we go. Um, yes, Yvonne Michelle. Um, I think what uh, you know the points you raise are valid, and I think probably a lot of people are going through those situations, which you've just um, highlighted. So they, I mean, there will be a lot of people going through grief. Um, And not being able to go to funerals, a lot of people who've lost their jobs and also essential workers. I think um, Ruth mentioned, you know, essential workers coming home and the kids are worried about their parents, you know, the the risk of losing their parents because if they have to be on the front line. So I think these are real um, issues, real problems. And obviously that's going to impact on people day to day, as well as you've just said, you know, what the type of day you had and, you know, I do understand it might have been difficult for you. But I think we have to understand that this is a temporary situation. We are all in this together. A lot of people are going through similar problems. So there is help out there. And I think we need to try and be more positive now more than ever. And I think having a positive mindset, despite these difficulties, is really difficult. I think, you know, with the grief and um, you know having to you know adjust and cope with funerals and a lot of the funerals I've heard um, and I've known people close to us where they couldn't even attend funerals. So I think that's for me is really I think this is something a new situation, never, never a time in this world we've had a situation where we've we've had to deal with this, and I think. Um, coping with that can be very difficult. But I think it's about us each drawing on each other's support. So whether it's support from families and friends, uh, whether it's support from the local you know, ministry or local religious institutions, support from um, you know organizations. Um, and I think we do need to draw on that support. I think what's going to get us through the situation is Asking for help, having a positive mindset, you know, trying. And and actually, I think if we take every day one step at a time, as opposed to trying and conquering every day, you know, always having plans and looking into the future, it's good to have plans and look into the future. But I think the way things have gone over this past, if we look at at this past month or since the beginning of January you know if we if we look at how this this illness has progressed, how the lockdown progressed, how schools closures progress, we're looking at a good three months that we've all been going. It's been like a yo-yo of emotions for everyone, so the, the anxiety, the panic, the fear, the frustration, the loneliness, the isolation. you know there's a whole range of emotions that people have been going through, and I think what's important is take each day one step at a time. You know, try and cope with that day, that situation, like you, the day you've described today. You know, you had something that you needed to, you know, remember that was really important to you. And, you know, I'm I'm sorry for what you've gone through. But, you know, you had to take it one day at a time. You know, you had to be in this moment, be in this day, and you had to deal with it. And I think that's how we need to look at. We, We need to not think that we have to conquer every day you know, 100%. You know, we're going to have ups and down days. We all do it. We're all going to have ups and down days. And with the way things have gone, what we've seen is we can't really make fixed plans because our lives are now in lockdown. We're in isolation. We have to cope and adjust to the situation that we are in. And that's why it's important for each of us to try and then build those emotional, you know, use the tools that we've got. So whether it's the support that we get from people, whether it's practicing mindfulness, meditation, coping with stress in the way that we know how we can cope with stress, eating healthily, taking care of our bodies, self-care is so important as well as for children as well you know, eating healthy, making sure they're getting enough sleep, you know, simple things like, get, are they getting enough sleep, are they being detect, are they, are they gadgets for A certain amount of time, is there going to be control over the time they're on their gadgets? Because as you know, the more and more we're spending at home, we've all been faced with it. I've got three kids at home and they they want to be on their gadgets, but we have to limit the time. So we have to make sure that they're getting enough sleep, they're exercising, they're eating healthily, and then they're also doing other activities and they've got a structured routine. So I think, um, yeah, I probably I've answered some of your questions and also the other questions about how we actually deal and cope with this change of doing remote learning and distance learning. Mm-hmm. The other thing uh, that I think a uh, few people have asked is about the support. I think lots of parents are feeling that they need that support yeah. and whether they can get that support. Because it's a new situation for them where they've never had to keep an eye on their children's progress. They've never had to um, you know, monitor them and supervise them. At, on at a close range you know on a day to day basis, and now they're having to do it twenty four seven so it's overwhelming for parents they're finding it difficult to cope with and I think if they feel that they are supported by by the schools by the teachers um and I think that's really important but it was it was also um it was surprising for me to hear from um the point that he made about how teachers are also being overwhelmed. So I think it's about looking at the emotional well-being and trying to meet in a middle point. Yeah. So a middle point for children, a middle point for parents, a middle point for the teachers. Mm-hmm. Because we're all going, going through a different range of emotions.
0: Absolutely. And you, at the end of the day, we're all human. Yes, so
2: we're, we're all human.
0: human. Yeah, we're going to all deal with things differently. And and there has been a lot of fear um, yes. placed on the whole nation the, the news and the media and all of these things so you know each one of us you know is responsible for our own mental health and we're responsible for the mental health of our children. But, you know, I look at teachers, and because I do work in schools, and I do know how much pressure teachers are under anyway, when you've got this additional pressure, you know, it must be really, really difficult. And as much as we've got, yes, we've got the NHS, uh, there are the frontliners, but so are teachers. And even we know that there are schools that are open for the vulnerable children. And so we cannot forget, and this is one of the reasons why you know i wanted after to be on the show today so much because yeah. i wanted to emphasize how important it is that we all remember that we are human beings first
2: and that yeah. we are
0: all in this together and we are all trying to navigate all these different emotions but i i equally know that the pressure that the te- that teachers are under is immense. So yes. I'm going to come over to you. And
2: I just, just yeah. before we finish, yeah, I think they, it's really important to tackle this about the teachers. And I think that is being missed the emotional well being of teachers because they are under a lot of pressure, they are overwhelmed, they are having to actually you know, formulate the whole remote learning and and deliver it day to day, which is a lot, a huge pressure on them. For them, it must have been easier to have the kids face to face and to be able to communicate and to be able to manage the children's behaviors. But now they're having to do it through a screen. So I think that's really important. Just going back, Um, Elaine um, that's watching, she had asked about the support. And I think she said that she was hoping that um, Ruth was going to shed some light on the support that uh, families can get and parents can get. And she's also asked about tips on technology management, so whether the teachers can share some as well. And she just wanted to know how old my kids I did mention earlier, Elaine, but I've got um, three kids, um, and they in year um, six, Six, seven, and eight, and uh, they are ages um, ten, twelve, and thirteen. So I've, I'm have they're very close together, which is good for me that I can I have to manage them very similarly. But with regards to the technology, we have a set routine for them that they only have a certain amount of time that they can get their gadgets. So whether it's to play games. Or whether it's to watch movies so we try and limit them to at least two hours a day so an hour in the morning or an hour in the evening Um, and that's during the time that they don't have school even when they have school they're usually on for the time that they're supposed to have their their lessons and we don't have them on their gadgets out of that Um, and we also make sure that we are using a reward system so when whether they do their chores they manage to finish their homework where you know and then we will then decide whether they can have their gadget or time on their gadgets and we also try to educate them that it's not just about playing game it's also about communicating and keeping in touch safely with their friends um, and for us to communicate with other people and family as well so we're having that um, network of communication open because obviously now they can't see their friends because face-to-face. Face. And I can imagine, like, imagine when we were in school, we had that luxury, we played on the school grounds, we could engage in sports, and, you know, we, we had our friends where we could chat, and now it's, that's all lost, that's missed, you know, we, we don't have that. So I think for kids, you know, we, we need to try and use technology in a positive way, but at the same time, we do need to manage uh, the time that they are on their, on their gadgets and their devices. But I'll be eager to hear from Ruth and of how they manage this, or what advice they have for us as parents.
0: Thanks for that. And thanks for letting me know what's been on the feed because I've got the... Because oh. I can't see. I can't okay. see the questions. <laughs> if the questions do come up and you want to answer, just yeah. kind of wave and then I'll know because okay. uh, I can't see at the moment what's coming yeah. up. Um, yeah. I think
2: I can only see how many people I actually run. it's been good feedback I mean uh, I think um she's uh, she was asking about the support from uh, Ruth because she's in Hertfordshire, so about online support for parents, and I know there's a few teachers watching as well mm-hmm. um so that's really good. It's getting people interested, and yeah. I think this talk that you know you're going to share your your knowledge is key.
0: Yeah, so thank you for that. So if you see any, even on any of your own Facebook pages, if you're yes. if you're doing your own Facebook and there's a pic and there's a, a question there, please do say we are at uh nine thirteen. So we've got around forty five minutes left. So those of you who are listening, if you do have any questions, please do not be shy. Please be bold. Be fearless. It's a piece of <laughs> You know, machinery. You, no one can see you. Just type on what your question is, and our our experts <laughs> will do their best to answer your questions. They are here for you today. They are here for you today. And also, just to say, if you have any sites um, where you think would be good, we can put those on. Um, I will put it in the. If you can message, then I can put that in the top half of the um, Facebook page, so people can just click on it instantly instead of scrolling, 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 put it on there, but we can put that on the top um, when we put the title on and so people can just click it one time and find what they need because there's so much going on. There's so much on social media right now. Things are moving so quickly. So if we can make it as easy as we can for parents and carers and whoever else, students, then I think that that is going to be more effective for them as well. So I just want to welcome everybody who is here on facebook um those of you who are on the www dot, my apologies um we have gone straight through um the 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 adverts um but we will remember the last advert that's coming up at half past <laughs> we will but we are in conversation because it's an important topic and we do need to help our parents and we do need to help our children so um who who wants to come in uh, and just to, to on the back of what um, Dr. Chesney said, um, Ruth or or Av, which one of you wants to to? Yeah, Ruth will come in, and then um, I'll bring in Av after. Hi, Ruth.
1: Hi. Uh, yes. Just to, I didn't quite get all of Elaine's question because I couldn't. I can't see it. But what one of the things that I'm suggesting is boundaries, creating boundaries, and and this is geared to older children because i know the child that she's referring to is an older child now boundaries is something that is really key it doesn't matter whether they're 13 14 15 16 this is a new day for everybody even if it's something that they've never done before I think it's really important to explain that no one really has any of the answers right now. So as a family unit, this is something that you have to come up with a plan, a family plan on how you're going to work together to get through this together. Yes, we're all going through this together as a world, but in your own household, it's like you've got to come up with the rules and this is where it's good to get their feedback in because I do a lot of research for public health. One of the questions that we ask the children, and Delay knows this question quite well, is do you talk to parents about things that are important to you on a weekly basis? We ask this at the beginning and the end of a course. And a lot of the times at the beginning, we will see the answers no. By the end of the course, we will see those answers changing. Because Sometimes we don't really know how our young people are feeling or what they're going through. Yes, I know people like to communicate. They've been communicating on social media platforms like, way longer than we have. We, we ask them, what sites do you go on? And it's really important that we help them to stabilise their emotional feelings because they're seeing the same things that we are. So boundaries. Boundaries. there are times that we need to shut off and shut down and get adequate rest and sleep. Like some people are nocturnal, some people like to stay up late. Sometimes that late is staying up like past one, two, three, four in the morning. And then we wonder why the children are tired even when they're going into school because they're up all night. Because every time it goes ping, 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 they're looking, they're looking, they're looking. Now this long term does have an impact on their emotional well-being. So as young people, it's so vital that they get enough rest. So as a family, create a plan. This is something new. It's like you're the president in your own house and you set the rules that is going to work because you've got parents that are, some of them are going to work, some are working from home. So it's like coming up with what is going to work for all of us while we're here in this situation and really getting the feedback on what it is. Because if it's a case, oh, I don't know, it's not going to work, then you're not being open. So then my thing would be, well, let's look at a different approach in how we can come up with them. So everyone writes a list. So mum writes a list, dad writes a list, child writes a list of all the things. And then we start to negotiate and compromise as to what would work in the house. Even getting them to do certain things. Some young people don't want to help. They don't even want to tidy up their room. They don't even want to participate. But you see, our home is like our society. You know, if we don't want to contribute in our home, then why are we looking to contribute into society? We, we've seen what's going on out there. So let's bring it home in. Let's home it in on from what we do from getting up to, to the time that we're going to bed setting out our meal time setting out our exercise plan you know having the time for the devices and negotiating at least give it a go for a period of time and revisit it and review because as things change things our expectations will change that's one of my advice talking i'm I'm one for talking because we can say a lot of things but the thing that i want always answered is how do you feel Mm-hmm. So that means you have to draw that information from inside. That has to tap in to your kinesthetics and, and give me an answer. If you're telling me that I don't know, then you're not thinking about it. But this is where I would encourage parents to kind of tap into how are you feeling so that we can get some understanding because not everyone thinks the same way. And we know that how we think, we feel, is the behaviour that we are dealing with. If you're having children or young people who who are ignoring all the rules and just stepping out the front door and giving no care to the members in the back household, especially as this pandemic's going on, then we really have to readdress their level of understanding, their empathy, the care that they have for themselves. Sometimes some people are feeling so bad in themselves, they don't give a toss about anybody else. So these are the ways that I'm kind of advising that we check in. And as parents, check in with yourself. But ask yourself the question, How am I feeling today? And pay attention in the way that you're responding, in the tone and how you're saying it. Because if it's, oh, I'm not feeling too good today, then you know you're not feeling too good today because your response is coming with a tone and a feeling that's making you act in a certain way. So I want us to not only think about our external language patterns and how we talk it, it's the internal ones as well. Because that will give a lot of clues as to what's going on within the household. I think it is an opportunity. For some reason, I've been saying this is a blessing in disguise. And the thing is, it's weird because I've heard of people that are close to me. People have lost. People have been, you know, it's it's not a great situation. But for some of us, right, and this is for my message to the underdogs, to the young people out there who have felt like they've wasted five years. No, nothing's not a waste because you've got an opportunity to turn that around. And if you've got from now till September, there is nothing stopping you from getting the grades that you want to have the future that you want in your life. I just think sometimes we've got to reframe things as best as we can to cope on a day-to-day basis. So I hope that some of the information that I shared here Has helped Elaine because I know it's a struggle, especially if you've got children, young people who are got EHCP plans, no EHC plans and have behavioural issues and really struggling on a day-to-day basis. You know, we don't want to see families break down, but we want to come up with solutions. And if they can't talk to someone, I've got some things I'm gonna pop in the link, because you've got Samaritans. Like, the Samaritans are dealing with a lot of calls for loneliness. We've got cooth but cooth is only for certain areas, such as Milton Keynes, Bedford, Central Bedfordshire, um, Luton. There's certain areas that they're covering, and that's a counselling session. That's for young people. So I will put some things out in the feed so yeah. that young people and parents can access, because if you can't talk to the members in your home because of, friction or frustration, then I would say step out of that and contact somebody else out of that so you can get the help, the support that you need.
0: Brilliant. Thank you for that, Ruth. That was very informative. Hello, Al. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Uh, I'm just going to leave the floor open for you to just jump in on the back of what Ruth has said and and add what you whatever you feel
3: that you need to add i'm going to go back to what i said earlier which is um as much as the the situation now we're navigating through we don't really have a map for this uh, the one thing that we can do that again just uh, i mean if it was classroom practice we'd be looking at what uh, behavior management and classroom management um um uh we are putting in place one of the key things that I said earlier was is that a structure to your students or to, to your child's day really helps. Now, what I mean by that is, is that, uh, for example, uh, an, an example, and again, schools have done this in different ways. We've actually given uh, a guidance map of what a child should be doing each day, how much time they should be spending on a particular yeah, yeah. Um, subject to a particular activity a day. Um, as staff, we have got that information and we provide that as a minimum amount of work that we provide our students a day. Um, so from, from the point of view of what you were saying, Yvonne, earlier on in terms of um, parents are all shapes and colors, you know, uh, in terms of education, um, I'm not expecting a parent to teach their child i am expecting a parent to support their child and to encourage their child their school is still their school and their teachers are still their teachers okay. it's just that we're having to do things in a different way so so the first line of support should always be with the school in terms of the school should be providing some direction they should be providing the resources and the methodology and how they're going to move their child forward and in the first instance, the support should come from that. Brilliant. The parent should be encouraging. So the the parent should be asking the questions like, what are you doing today? Which subjects are you doing today? What topics are you doing No subject. The parent hasn't got to understand it. Okay. The parent hasn't got to be able to do it. The parent's going to be able to ask the question and be present. So from that point of view... I would say that 99% of children will tell their parents what they're doing and, and be very clear when they don't know what they're doing. Now, if a parent, after checking, the student has no record of what they should be doing, in that instance, it'd be quite right to pose that question to the school and saying, my child is at home, What what's being provided from, we still have a duty of care as teachers and as a school to provide that work. It's just like if we had a child on absence for a prolonged period of time. We still have a duty of care to provide work that the student should be doing away from school. So this is obviously an extreme example of that um, in terms of what we, should, what, uh, what we should be doing. Now, if there isn't a structure in place, then put a structure in place. And again, you haven't you you know you'll have a planner or something like that that a child will have at school. They'll know what subjects, they, tips of things that they're covering. And you can sort of like say, okay, realistically, you've got half an hour of that today, an hour of that today. That subject there is a core subject. You might want to do it for a longer period of time or whatever. But again, what Ruth said earlier, bite-sized chunks, small but frequent throughout the week. Um, so, in, terms of, in terms of practical support, um, so what we I'm quite lucky in the trust that I work in. There's over 25 specialist leaders in education that cover all the range of subjects and what we're doing two things at the moment two key things we're doing at the moment and this isn't just for our schools is one is that we're actually building a, a website at the moment which we're going to put all our collective resources on there for students and for parents in terms of like the go-to sheets how do i do this where should i go if i want to do x or y uh, which websites do you recommend for certain subjects? What activities? How should the resources that we find useful as teachers? We're going to make them available to our parents and to our students. And when I say our parents and our students, I mean everybody out there, not just the ones that go to our schools. The other thing that we're doing is just to stay in touch with um, uh, the community. Is that on Inspire FM, uh, we're uh, we're delivering a half an hour slot. Sorry, an hour slot. A day at 12 o'clock different subject two different subjects every day where our specialist leaders are actually going on radio and delivering this information on um, to to that audience as well so they're two key things that we're doing at the moment and we're building our bank of resources to share with all the parents and again that will be free and available to everybody out there because i think this is a time where it, there are no political boundaries there are no school boundaries a child out there that needs support is a child out there that needs support um so they're, they're the key things that we're doing uh, uh, at schools now in terms of um the mental welfare of a child so i've had obviously i have what i've been doing as a teacher and i think a lot of my colleagues have been doing is i send my message i send a message and I've, i'm on google classroom so i've got all my classes online at the moment so we can message and i can that worked. And I can send them things. They can send things back to me in a safe environment. And um, mm. so I say good morning to them every day. I ask them how they are. I tell them what what they should be looking at that day, and to message me if, to say hi so I know they're okay. Um, and then at the end of the day, I will say to them how's their day been. But I'll do the same well, thing that well. I'll do if I will do for was in school. Now I didn't think I was having much of an impact until yeah, a day that yeah. I didn't do the message until late. Right. And I mm. say, you know say goodbye to us then, sir. And it was like they pick up on these, even though they don't necessarily say them out loud. So having a routine, a new routine for me is every morning I say hi to my students, and every after every afternoon I say bye to my students. And in between, I'm answering their emails and their messages. Okay,
0: uh, we so, are one- <laughs> more, just to, so to cut you off. We are going to a break. Um, it's coming up. We're at 29 minutes past
3: nine. About. What happens when a, a child is um has a provision an ehc fan uh, and their provision has closed its doors and hasn't offered any uh, alternative to that now obviously we're navigating this this whole situation for the first time by like anybody else so oh, no, under normal circumstances you would never have had this discussion that that provision would close with no further discussion or or options so if it's a, a local authority based uh, controlled provision then i would actually contact the local authority if it's within a uh, um an academy style um uh, branch in terms of if it's part of trust or anything like that then i would contact them directly because they should be providing um, some provision for these students so depending on what who that is obviously i don't know who that is um they need to direct their conversation, their their questions to those people in the in the right areas. But they are quite within their right to ask that question. And they're quite within their right to act, to expect an answer that will give them support for their child. Great. Right. So,
0: Thank you. Your <laughs>
3: Sorry.
0: Thank you, Father. I want to go back to you. Go on
1: no i was saying thank you to r for answering that question because i know that that is definitely going to help some of the parents that are watching because
0: that that is something that's happened that i've been discussing with them okay good good so so what what would be the alternative measure then if if it's closed what what would they do where would they go
1: well, currently, my understanding is that they're at home. So what I did is I sent over some of the well-being stuff so that the parents could work with them to address that first, because there are some behavioural issues there, um, looking at self-esteem, those types of things. But also, we did discuss, same like, oh, because I know that young people are supposed to have a provision of education. And it felt, in my mind, that this was not happening but with um, asked response, I can then say to the parents, or they can hear for themselves, to go direct because we don't know how long this is going to happen, and I think it's unfair to leave a young person who is vulnerable like that without adequate educational resources.
3: Yeah, uh, and, the, and the needs are quite specialist, which is why um, yeah. the, the schools in general uh, have a normally they work in small clusters even if they're not part of the same trust so i know some areas where um schools have got together even though they're not part of the same organization and said between the five of us um we'll open one the keep one of these schools open because obviously from a from a, secu- a, a health and safety point of view that's actually works better rather than mm-hmm. having five sites contaminated you have one site where we can control it a lot more and yeah. then like, we've set up a rotor between staff. And staff from each school go in on a different day. <coughs> we have uh, a senior lead in there, we have a teacher in there, and we have um, 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 support staff in there as well, as well as site staff in there. So from that point of view, we put that in li- literally. Um, we'd had our own school open on the Monday, and by Brilliant. Wednesday we'd had a structure put in place for the whole trust. Brilliant. So um, so from a point of view, I can speak from what we're doing and I can speak anecdotally what I've heard from colleagues across the country. Um, it is an inconsistent picture. I, I do get you, Ruth, on that one. But also I think a lot of people, including these organisations themselves, haven't found themselves in the situation before and they may not also have clear guidance on how they should be operating. You know. Um, so I think it's a case of like I think all of us have said, it's a case of all of us working together, wherever we are, whether it's a parent, whether it's a child, whether it's an education institution, whether it's some other branch of, of social care, and we're going to work together and think, okay, this part of it isn't working. How are we going to work together to fix it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it's going to take more than one of those parties to fix it, working yeah, together. So yeah. but I think communication, so that parent raising that question, um, may put other things in motion that help resolve for them and for other parents as well so
0: are there any other questions on the feed that's coming up do any of the parents because i really want to make sure that we are covering all of the questions that parents are asking or even students i know i'll bring you in i'll bring you in right now dr shesney
2: Hi, yes. So um, just on that point, I just wanted to ask, is it worth with the EHC, the the, uh, the children's plan, is it worth getting legal advice as well? Uh, because I know when I worked um, with other, because we do learning disability, and then sometimes um, if, the, if the students have like a plan, an educational plan, um, sometimes legal advice is sought to try and get uh, the provisions made. So I wonder whether that would be something that would be worth looking at.
0: It may be. I definitely think
2: it, you can't rule it out, but... Yeah, because um, there's, a, there's a company, it's on my Facebook, Send Legal. So whoever's listening, if that might help them, it's I think it's called Send Legal. I'll try and post the the details, either to Ruth or to Yvonne, and then maybe you can sort of um, get contact. Because when we did a mental health conference, they attended um, and they were helping uh, specifically with autistic and learning disability, but I'm sure they can help with... You know, with other individuals as well. Uh, just going back, I think the questions or comments, I think what um, um, one person had said, uh, Lorraine, she said the structure is important. So I think that's what we've all covered. I think our, our, our has said as well. I think something Lyndon said is really important. He says, like, so giving a positive reinforcement. So telling our kids, well done, when they've done something well, you know, actually praising them. I think now it's going to boil down to parents actually... You know, like I said, I use positive reinforcement and reward system with my kids. So that's what I meant, where we actually praising our kids, yeah. saying well done when they've done well. If they've not done too well, maybe help and support them. Um, but I like that what um, Av said, which is important, and maybe parents probably felt reassured, is that, um, that your teachers don't expect us to teach our kids. It's more about just supporting them. So I think probably parents are feeling overwhelmed, anxious, and panicky. They feel overwhelmed because they they feel they have to teach their kids. But it's not that. It's just about us observing, supervising, and supporting our children. Yeah. The other thing Lyndon said is also telling our kids that we love them. Yes. This is
0: something that they need to hear more so. Well, I believe they need to hear it more so now. Yeah. Than ever before, because I think it was Ruth that was saying how young people we think about we process information the way that we do as adults, but young people process in a completely different way and and as much as we as adults we have fears and anxieties and and all of these things around what's going on, but so do our children, and on top of that, they see yeah. and feed off of our fears yeah and so that triples. There, because everything becomes bigger. You know, when you're talking to young people, you, you, they'll say, uh, if something's gone wrong, if somebody said something about them, everybody said it about them. Yes. And it's just one person. But, and we're like that. As, we are like that as adults as well, but we're able to to kind of navigate our, our our the way that we think a little bit better. But children, it's like the whole world. The whole yeah. world is... And there's so much that's around. You know, when I was in school, and that was... I was out school in February, they were talking about the virus, they were talking about 5G, they were talking about all of these different things mm. already, yeah. and already having fears about it. Yeah.
2: You know? I think in that case, then I do feel personally as a mom and because I've got three kids in the age groups of school, I think incorporating mindfulness and meditation as part of the school curriculum is so important and in the emotional and well being service. So I think all schools should have. Um, access to that you know and especially if there's a lot of things going around positive and negative then they can actually cope and deal with these things if they have the tools the emotional tools like mindfulness meditation I know for a fact for me how important meditation mindfulness is so I think the more and more we can teach children that instead of them catastrophizing or ruminating or you know focusing becoming preoccupied With what's going on in the media. I think that's so key. Just to go back, um, I think Elaine uh, mentioned that she didn't get any, they didn't get any information. I think I was talking about the guidance map, but I think um, Elaine was saying they never got that from their schools. So I wonder whether it might be worth sharing some information about that um, regarding... if If
0: you feel that that's something that would be a benefit because this show is it is about what benefits the parents it's giving as much information and as much inf- and as much advice as we possibly can while we have these last maybe 60 <laughs> minutes left of the show so yeah if if you can condense it and share it or maybe put some bits up because what we can do is if you email the stuff over, I can put it on check the page direct and put it in a um, like in a a folder so they can just click on it like a PDF and just click on it and it will appear and they can download it themselves. I mean, like us, I am not a, a technical person at all, but over the last few days and weeks. I can say that I have learned a lot in terms of technology and how yes. how to do things. So if you send that over, I can then attach it as a PDF to the link, and then the parents can just go straight in, bam, and go and get it and, and download it for themselves. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so, wh- so whatever you think, you you guys are the the experts um, today. So I am taking guidance from you guys in terms of you know I'm not in school at the moment so you know I am far removed from education in that respect but my daughter is at university in her second year has assignments to do and I know the stresses and the strains from that perspective of being you know mum and trying to support her as best as I can in these times and you know it.
2: Um, Can I just say, um, also, I know how difficult it must be. I think what Ruth said was really important. It's like it's a blessing in disguise. And I think we really need to look at the positive of the situation. And we've been focusing on education because that was the topic of this uh, talk. But I think also we must also as parents now realize whether we're single parents or if there's two parents in a family. I think we need to realize that we actually need to look at the positives of the situation and also that we are able to connect more with our children and also we have the ability to spend more time with them which I think is so important because I know as parents, a lot of us felt that we were living in rat race. We didn't have time to spend with our kids. We didn't even know what was going on in their lives. But I think now we should also use this opportunity to develop good relationships with our children, connect more with them, you know, communicate. I think communication is key. That's what I picked up from what Ruth was saying as well. You know, we need to communicate more with our children and, and the tone in which we are communicating with them and i think this using this time is so good because it's not just about obviously about education it's about also building those relationships which is such a blessing at this moment in time i know that you know being in this isolation we've been able to connect more as a family as much as we do obviously does get a bit too much people do get overwhelmed with spending so much of time around each other and people are going to get at each other's um you know at each other when when they're feeling so overwhelmed and frustrated but i think the key then is taking time out um i think i heard some advice where people said have different areas in your home where you can like one area for the child to sit down and do their studies so if it's one table where your child can sit in that room or you know where you can supervise so have that area organized So once the holiday is over, have an area or start building an area or or looking at your home, the different areas where you can have where the child can spend time doing their work. You know, sitting down, there's access to a computer, to Wi-Fi, there's access to help and also access to drinks and meals, you know, so uh, meals during the break time. So having set meals and ensuring that the meals are there, I think that is helpful. Having an area where they can go during their break time, they can go then and, and spend some time just relaxing and just doing their leisure leisure time during that time. So I think having that as part of a structure and a routine is important. I'm just writing a few notes
0: here. Because yeah. I do think I do think what you're saying is important. I know, I and, and we're coming down to the last few minutes, but I do know that there was a few, and I, I'm and the children are younger, um, and there are some single parents who are finding it extremely yes. difficult, extremely yeah. difficult,
2: um, because and that's understandable, especially if you're a single parent and you're still working from home, and then you're having maybe two or three kids or one child even. Yeah, and
0: I get the whole workings. Some of these parents are not working, but have additional issues. They have anxiety anyway. And so having the young children, they're finding it difficult. And sometimes it's a matter of, um, and I I know that it kind of goes against the grain, but I know that some people have, and I'm just going to say this, some people have had to enlist friends to to spend a period of time with the children, yeah. so the parent can have that mental
2: break, because so have that bit of respite. So I think we can still organise that. So even while we're in isolation, you can still organise that. So whether it's online, you know, whether the child sits down there's someone online just talking to the child while the parent actually has some time out so the parent can have time to exercise maybe practicing meditation mindfulness or just have some wind down time i think All it's about people. having a balance yep. now and it's about being creative as well with our time and with how we're connecting with our children and right. really looking at the positives of the situation
0: yeah Yeah,
2: You know, Um, like bonding with your child, watching movies together, having supper together, or doing online, you know, quizzes with other families, you know, just being creative on how to keep that connection and that social network. So it's not just school, 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 it's balance, because, you know, we have to have a balance of social and education as well. Okay, so we're coming up to the last
0: 10 minutes of the show, so... Um, the number one thing here, are th- these are the things that I've written down based on what you said, um, is to, to organize and have structure, right? As a parent, uh, number two is create boundaries for your children. So there's structure, but there's also boundaries within that structure, um, Number three, I've got here, have downtime. Maybe have different areas of the house where you and your children can go um, and have that time for themselves. And, you know, they can play their games in this place. But where they are doing their education, that is a structured place where they do it in the same place, maybe the same time for the same amount of hours per day. And it doesn't have to be like the six hours that they're at school. It, it can be two hours it can whatever whatever um one of the one of the good ones that one of the things that highlighted for me was that teach the number four i think that is what's um is that i'm saying four and i've got three fingers up number four is saying that um parents do not feel that you have to teach your children you are there to support mm-hmm. and to help guide them if you have any issues then you can go to the local your local school or your child's school for more or additional support that's what i i've got from you guys for number four um number five i've got here in all things be positive and be creative so I think that that goes back to what Ruth said in the beginning. In terms of education, it doesn't necessarily have to be textbook, but it has to be look at life. Look at what you can learn. Look at what you can glean. If you're in the kitchen and you're baking a cake, you can bring maths into that. You know, um, you can go outside and you can, you know, run up and down and have some physical education. You know, things like that. Um, and so those are the five tips that I've got. I'm I'm trying to keep the tips down to a, a number that people will remember. And so... Can I
2: just say, just ensuring that children get sleep and managing their, their, their time on their gadgets, I think that's um, extremely important.
0: Right, number six, get sleep. We need one more. We never end on a six, we end on a seven. I need a seventh tip. So something, get enough sleep.
2: What uh, about the... Uh, the... A reward, a reward chart, a reward system. Reward system. And praise, Reward system and praise. I don't know if the are or Ruth have anything. Sorry. I think well, they might else? are muted. Yvonne.
0: Any anyone else? Anyone they
2: else? They mics are muted.
0: Uh, are they? Oh yes.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, but yeah. they can mute themselves, you know. You guys <laughs> really uh, you didn't realise that the whole time. In education, it just goes to show you're just so well behaved. My thing is emotional well-being.
1: Do you yeah. check-ins with your children? Have those conversations. Check how they're feeling in <laughs> inside, and yeah. and if they are kind of not too good, reach out for support. That's yeah. that's my tip. Key. I'm gonna add. That's
0: key. Yeah, that's key. Very like, important. Okay. So we've got nine and ten. We're not going any more than ten. We don't do more than ten. It's gone off.
3: Plan for the future.
0: Uh, yeah. That's got to be number ten. We need a number nine. It's got
3: to be. It's got to be. We've got. We. The situation will end. Yeah. Whether yeah. it's, it's in two months, three months, six months, yeah. whenever it is, we are going to return to some kind of new normal when we come out yeah. of it. Yeah. What we yeah. could think of is, is that where do we want to be at that point, right? Yeah. Where do we want to be at that point when we go back in terms of um, as our relationships, uh, parents and children, um, parents and schools, the students and the schools, and also um, the things we want to carry into that future, the things that have helped us through this, all the strategies that we've put in place to deal with our mental well-being, deal with, deal with how we build relationships in a new way. All these different things that we value as a society. All of these aspects, which are the important things that we carry, that we want to carry forward? And let's not forget too quickly when we get back to that new normal of the things that helped us through this. Hey, thank you. Turned, can so, you turn the
0: your phone down? Because it's coming. I can hear you coming back.
3: Have
2: you got your your phone on? No. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we need one more tip, guys. So what about goals? So with what I've said, maybe have goals. Set realistic goals. So at the end of this time, what what are we hoping to achieve? So whether it's just with our relationships, with education, with you know, with, with any one thing that goal that each of us can. So the parent can set, the child can set and work towards so and and keeping I think keeping busy and productive as well okay and take yeah
0: anyone else got anything else to add what I can because I can say I can put that in maybe
2: improving communication let's
0: see
1: there's so many tips
0: we can put that down here right so I'm gonna read these out because we're down for the last four minutes of the show. They are in no particular order, all right? So the first one is to organise and be organised and create structure for yourself and your children. Number two is to create boundaries so that you both know, every party in the house knows exactly what is going on, where, why you doing it, and, and how you're moving forward. Number three is to create downtime. In that downtime, your child will have a different area to, to play and to do what they want to do. That's their area. But when they are doing their work, it goes back to number one, they're in an organized place, um, a time, a day, and everything is organized. Everybody knows it's not a surprise. It's not a Uh Number four. So, parents, you are there to to support your child, not necessarily to teach them, but you're there to support them through the education. And if you are struggling with that, then we want you to contact your local school where your child goes to and ask them for additional support. Right. Number five is be creative. Um, And be be creative in what you're doing um, and have a positive attitude. Number one, two, three, four, five, number six. Have I done number yet? I don't want to lose count. Number six, important, important, important. Make sure that both you as a parent and your children are getting enough sleep. Sleep is very, very important. It helps our bodies to restore and to revive and replenish. So sleep is key. Number seven, create a reward system and give praise. Communicate well with your children and, and have them communicate with you, which leads us into number eight, which is check in with your child check out how they're feeling inside how things are really really affecting them make sure that you create a good relationship that you're listening i'm gonna add that myself because a lot of the time parents we just do a lot of talking but sometimes a lot of the time we need to listen listening is a skill on its own uh number uh uh, number nine, set realistic goals. and number 10, because we're one minute in, plan for the future. The future is bright. It's not necessarily orange, but it is bright, and we can make something good out of something that wasn't so good. So always look for the positive within the negative. It's, there's blessings galore in what we're going through now. Take time with your your, your children and your family. Guys... Say quickly bye bye because we're at one minute. We've got one minute left. I want to I thank care. you guys. Thank you. Thank you everyone. It's thank been you, and wish great. you all the best. Yes. We're going, leave, we're going to leave. Um. We're going to leave all the information that we need on the feed. Guys, feel free to add additional information into yeah. the group. Um, on the Conversation with Yvonne Michelle page or on my personal page, just put as much information that will help people as possible. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my, of my heart for doing this show because I know that it will help some parents because I've been in contact with some myself and they have said their fears and we've covered a lot of what they needed.
2: Thank to understand. Yes, and thanks to the listeners, uh, Lorraine, Lyndon, um, Elaine, yes. thanks yes. for the feedback. Um, and yeah, we'll put some information. Thank, thank you, you, Ruth, all and all. Thank, thank you, Nate. Thank, thank you, thank thank you all. Thanks so much. Thank, thank you, Dr. Sai. Thank I'll see you, Bye. you, Bye. you so much. Here next week.